Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Alicia Monson, who is a professional runner for On Athletics Club in Boulder, Colorado. She also ran at Wisconsin in college, was a great runner there, qualified to the 2020-2021 Tokyo Olympics in the 10K. She just most recently qualified to the World Indoor Championships in the 3K. This was my first time talking to Alicia ever. It was a great conversation. I got to know her, talked about her whole backstory, college experience, Olympic experience random stories at the end to be honest so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode we are so close to 1000 reviews on apple podcast you guys we are at like a 970 when i last checked if we could get to a thousand reviews by the end of the week it would mean so much to me it's a free way to support and it helps me get more credible guests on the podcast for you guys to ask questions to and for me to just have a good conversation with so if you can take the time to rate and review on apple podcast it's so easy and it means the world and it helps me out so much Today's episode is brought to you by one of my long-term sponsors, Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life, and that is where Inside Tracker can help. They're founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time right now, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. The link is in the show notes as per usual. That is 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. Now let's get into today's episode with Alicia. Okay, Alicia, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. One, I think of my most highly requested guests I've ever had, um, especially ever since you made the Olympic team. I feel like people have just been like, you need to get her on. And after the post-race <laughs> interview, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, well, I guess like just to start off, do you want to just tell the podcast a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So uh, my name's Alicia. <laughs> I, you know, I'm kind of just recently professional running I guess like it's been a year and a half now uh run in Boulder Colorado with the on athletics club um we've got like a team of athletes from different countries um got like a number of U.S. athletes um and then kind of ideally everyone represent their respective countries um and I made it to the Tokyo Olympics last year and um yeah getting ready to go over to world indoors in Belgrade um, I'm leaving in like two days actually, which is exciting. <laughs> You've had a pretty good rookie year, I would say. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it goes two ways. If you graduate from college, yeah. a lot of people really struggle after leaving school. And then a lot of people, I feel like they just jump into the pro scene and then they just 
start killing it right away. Yeah. And you seem to have been the latter. So why do you think that is? Like, why do you think the transition has been so good for you? I think honestly, part of it was the pandemic. Like it was my rookie year, but technically it was like my rookie, like year and a half. Yeah. Like I started mid pandemic and, you know, some pros when they first start, they're just kind of like all of a sudden thrown into racing. And I kind of had an extra like six months of Mm -hmm. basically no racing to just like train and get better because when you're in college, you're just not as good as the pros. Like, I mean, obviously right now, like a lot of collegiates are running just as fast (laughs) as pros, but at least for a long time, it's like, you're just not as good as the pros. So coming into like my first year, I think it was really helpful just to get an extra training and just get better so that I could show up to the Olympic trials and be prepared to run with everyone else. Yeah. So you graduated in 2020 then? (laughs) Yeah. I like, I went pro, I signed a contract like in the spring of spring, summer of 2020, but I still had, I had been like thinking about taking a fifth year, but I didn't. And so I had to finish in four and a half years. And so I moved to Boulder and was taking classes online. Okay. Yeah. I'm very curious because I was hearing very mixed feelings of people that were graduating, like in the 2020 uh, summer or whatever. How was that experience? Like, how was the, I guess, contract experience? Because I know a lot of people didn't like, didn't have money. People weren't signing people, but you, I mean, you probably were one of the more like highly sought after some sure people set aside money for you, but I guess from your point of view, how was it? I mean, it's definitely like a little bit confusing because yeah, like you're talking to different companies and yeah, it, it was kind of like unclear how much people were willing to invest in athletes. Like they might be like, oh yeah, we're interested in you. But then at the end of the day, they're like, we can't offer you a contract. And so part of it was that we just came, like I was kind of deciding what I wanted to do, but the fact that on came in and they invested so much in building this team is just like this really exciting thing that I felt like it was something I wanted to jump into. And so, yeah, it kind of, it, it worked out well for those of us who ended up going pro at that time, but it was definitely like kind of a scary time because we weren't quite sure what was going to happen at that point. Like after, after like the pandemic just started, I was like, okay, like, should I even go pro? Like, should I stick around for another year? Yeah. So, yeah. It was so funny to just see people that I feel like are older than me. I mean, I'm 25 now, but like, when people were still racing in 2021 or whatever when they were literally older than me I'm like how are you guys still like how do people still have eligibility but I feel like still people are racing I'm like you were like a sophomore when I was a junior like how are you still in the NCAA system but like Like, everything just got like years people are still gonna be sticking around because of that (laughs) I know I know do you feel like you made the right decision though to forego the extra eligibility yeah I think I mean it was like I wouldn't have been on the Olympic team if I hadn't, which yeah. is kind of crazy. So, I, I mean, in hindsight, like everything worked out so well that it was kind of a leap of faith at the time, but um, yeah, I mean, it turned out really well and I'm happy with the situation. So, yeah. yeah. How was your college coach's reaction? Were they supportive or did they want you to, I mean, of course they probably wanted you to stick around, but. They were definitely supportive. Well, and actually Wisconsin was different because uh, the athletic um, administration, they decided like, we're not going to have seniors come back. And so I actually like, we were thinking about taking the fifth year and I kind of wanted to, but I wasn't quite sure. And then they came out with the statement saying that like the seniors won't get their extra year. (laughs) 
And so I was like, okay, well, I guess ruthless bye. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, and at that point, like everything was so unclear of like, you know, we weren't even sure if people were going to be able to compete collegiately in 2021 or whatever that was the next year. And so at that point, I was just like, yeah, it makes sense for me to just move on. <laughs> yeah. And also starting to get paid was probably nice. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah actually make a living off of it. Like running for free anymore. You actually, it's your job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so wild to think back to that time though. Like when everything was so unknown and no one was racing and then people yeah. were just doing time trials. Like, it seems like a fever dream almost. I yeah. kind of feel like things are kind of back to normal now that yeah. you kind of know when you're racing and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a lot more planned out now, and we kind of can expect stuff. Even, like, in Belgrade, though, uh, next week, like, it's going to be a bubble, basically, I think they said. Like, we don't don't really even know what the situation is going to be of, like, can we leave the hotel to go for runs and stuff, or do we have to to a stadium or something? Yeah, we don't quite know, but, um, so I'm, like, going to Munich five days beforehand just to adjust to the time and so then I won't have to go to Belgrade until like two days before my race so it won't really matter how the running situation is anyway, yeah but yeah it's definitely still wild just, though yeah protocols are just so different now yeah yeah and I mean even well because Carissa was my roommate um last year in Portland so just hearing her experience from Tokyo is kind of the same thing where it's like you guys weren't allowed to do anything basically I was like that sounds like for the distance runners I'm like what do you do but it's kind of crazy I mean it's not almost a year later, but it's like getting close to a year later and it's still, I mean, it's unknown. I feel like even international racing though, a lot of the time it's like, depending on what meet it is. I mean, maybe if you go to a diamond league, it's a lot more set, but I feel like a lot of the time it's kind of things are up in the air. Yeah. You don't quite know. Yeah. Tokyo was an interesting experience, but I'm glad I like, that was my first Olympics. Hopefully not my last. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully like, you know, I can kind of say I went to the COVID Olympics and see like how different it was and it was definitely challenging to kind of deal with some of the things that happened but it was definitely like a cool experience yeah I want to get more into that but I first want to talk about like your running journey I mean this is the first time we've ever talked so I'm I'm very curious to hear like how you got into the sport I saw that you're from Wisconsin so I'm assuming that had to do something with your college pick but how did you get into the sport originally Yeah, I mean, I started out like playing different sports. My family didn't really know anything about running, but I grew up like playing back. Like I had a basketball in my hand in like kindergarten. And so I kind of grew up playing sports and gymnastics and volleyball. And um, like I have two, I have two older siblings and a younger sibling. And so I kind of watched them do sports growing up and I kind of started running. I joined uh, track like in middle school. And so I started running that and all of a sudden I just like realized that I was actually pretty good at running. And so I just kept on getting better. And I even still like played basketball all through high school. Um, okay. Multi-sport yeah. athlete. Yeah. <laughs> tore, my, tore my ACL senior year though. So that oh, was cool. Like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> damper on running. At that point, okay. I was like, I don't know why I continued to do that. Cause it was like after I signed to go to Wisconsin, actually. At least you got um, the college decision out of the way though. if you signed on they're not going to be like never mind you know (laughs) take me as I come the torn ACL (laughs) exactly so that was yeah interesting but like yeah it was kind of just like I kept on you know I wasn't like a superstar in high school I got I got good in like one state the second half of my career but like you know I just kind of kept on getting a little bit better and then 
went to college at Wisconsin, I was kind of looking at like Minnesota and Iowa State and Wisconsin. And um, I just like felt the best at Wisconsin. So I went there and it was kind of just same story as high school. Like I didn't come in a superstar and I just kept on getting better. So it's kind of like just this progression of like, okay, how far can I go with this? And like, um, yeah, just like appreciating like growing with the teams and uh, yeah, kind of a interesting like growth story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. I love hearing people's like come to origin story because it is so different for everyone. I mean, I'm completely different. I started off like super elite when I was eight years old and then I just like kind of had to keep holding that until college or whatever but it's always very interesting to see it's like someone just keep like progressing like that I I find it very interesting like Mm -hmm. in middle school like how good were you or I guess early high school um well I was really excited in seventh grade when I ran my first like competitive mile I ran 624 okay I, I like beat some eighth graders but like obviously middle schoolers now I don't even know what they're running probably like a minute and a half faster (laughs) (laughs) I don't follow middle school running so I wouldn't know either but I'm sure with the addition of the dragonflies and everything people are probably breaking five in middle school so exactly so yeah yeah, it's kind of like from the perspective of coming from like a small town in northern Wisconsin it was like wow you're really good but then you put yourself on this national level like especially when you go to college I'm like I'm not good (laughs) like I'm getting beat by so many people um so yeah it's kind of just like coming from a small town I was able to kind of like know where I came from but then come to this next level and now like as a professional be on the world level and be like there's so many people better than me um just to kind of like see people ahead of me and like see that I can keep on getting better yeah, you, I mean, you're continuing to level up to the next challenge. So, and obviously like you're already competing on the world stage and it's your still rookie era. So it's exciting. What do you think has like helped you get better over the years? Do you think? Um, I'd say just like consistency. Like, yeah, I was actually just recently asked a question of like how much I run a week. And I pro- like now I probably run like usually 80 miles a week, but that like, was a long time coming yeah (laughs) I've definitely just had you know years of like gradually running a little bit more a week and seeing success and just doing a little bit more but then like injuries come along and you have to take a step back and be like all right what do you need to do but just over time consistently like getting in better training like there's not really you know a secret sauce yeah it's it's just like like so much work over like a decade (laughs) yeah it's like really uninteresting honestly because you're not like I did this secret core exercise and I got 40 seconds in my mile you know it's like no I did it for 10 years actually when people ask me they're like how how did you get good at running I'm like honestly it's something that we used to call in high school NT natural talent um (laughs) really uninteresting I don't know um but I mean, it is cool to see though. Cause like, obviously you've progressed a lot. It's not like you're making small increments. I feel like even though it is a long over like a long period of time, I mean, over the course of four years, I feel like you improved a lot. I'm very curious yeah. though, because it's like you get into college and you're surrounded by so many people that are good. Like yeah. you go from winning, you know, cross country races or like leading to being in the middle of the pack. And you're like, I'm going all out. And I, how are yeah. these, how, are, where do these people come from? Like, yeah. I thought I was good. <laughs> I'm just curious like how you got to the mindset of kind of being like that your first couple of years to winning NCAAs. Yeah I mean like coming in I think it was really helpful that I had a few people on my team who were like 
better than me and who I could kind of look up to in training because they were all kind of, they were always like dragging me along. I remember there was a fifth year senior, uh, Sarah Heineman. She was like a good miler. And I remember she absolutely dragged me through like a four mile tempo at like six minute pace. Oh. And now that seems like, now that seems like so simple to me, but at the time it was like- No, so like freshman year of college, like some of those tempo runs, I remember being thrown into five mile tempo runs literally at six minute pace. And I was, I was dying. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was on my deathbed. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like having a few teammates and like Sarah DeStanza, who she had run 1520 indoors actually like the year before, and she had seen injuries and stuff, but she also had this like perspective of the next level that I was able to kind of look up to. And so I feel like having teammates that I could train with and I trained with Amy Davis for like all of my college career, which was awesome. Um, and so just like having those teammates to kind of help keep me pushing harder. It's like, um, yeah, it's like, I feel like the first couple of years of college, I was training harder than I ever had, but I never really got to race as well as I was training. And so then it seemed like a really big jump when all of a sudden, like junior year, I came in and like cross country, one nutty comb. And then I don't even, I got like, I think fourth at NCAAs or something. And then all of a sudden I was like at the top of the NCAA. And I think I had gotten like over a hundredth place at cross country the year before. Yeah. <laughs> and so it just seemed like this big jump, but it was just this progression of training that I had had kind of behind closed doors, like just for the past couple of years that suddenly it started to show in races and everything kind of started to click. And it was like, all of a sudden I could see myself at the top of the NCAA and then winning um, the 5,000 meter indoors. So yeah, it was kind of cool once actually everything started to like click and come together and be racing well. Yeah. I mean, those first couple of years of college, it really is just like, you're kind of put through the ringer yeah. and you kind of feel like really bad all the time. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Because the training is just so hard. Running pro too, even like you start training so much more that like you just kind of feel bad. And so like even without the school aspect, like, you're still <laughs> yeah. put through the ringer, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like you you always kind of show up to races that you've never done before and just don't really know what's gonna happen, but like you end up performing well anyways. <laughs> yeah. That is so interesting. But I mean, it seems like you've handled the pro transition pretty well so far. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. Did you ever see yourself like going to the Olympics? Like, was that a goal that you knew that you could accomplish? I mean, 2020 or 2021? <laughs> um, I mean, not really. Like I definitely, I did not expect at all to make the 2020 Olympics. And especially because if the Olympics were in 2020, like it would have been coming off my senior year of college. I just definitely wouldn't have made the team. Like I just wasn't there. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, having it an extra year later was like a huge blessing for me. Um, so all the young people were like, yes. And all the old <laughs> yeah. people were like, no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, even like thinking back to like where I was during the 2016 Olympics, like Actually, I just graduated high school and was like hobbling around, still like not really able to run after my ACL surgery. So like, like I can't wait to go to the Olympics in four yeah. years, in five years. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I it's not like Olympics. As I kept getting better, like Olympics is obviously a goal, but it's it didn't really seem attainable until honestly like December of 2020 when I ran a 31.10 10k. Like that's when I was like, okay. I can actually run fast and I can actually compete with 
the best in the nation. Yeah. So I'm curious about your Olympic trials experience. I was not there. I wanted to go, but then I saw the weather and I was like, never mind. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and looked, oh yeah. Never mind. I think I'm tapping out. Um, that looks honestly horrendous. Like that whole race. I don't know how you guys did that because I just know how hot Hayward Field can be. And then to run a 10K on it in like literally record temperatures. Yeah. To like get onto an Olympic team. How was that? Yeah, um, that, and yeah. can you? I'm curious about your like thought process during the interview after. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we like knew it was gonna be hot, and I even starting like ten days beforehand was heat training a little bit. Like I would be wearing jackets outside when it's hot and stuff. Um, <laughs> like I, I could prepare you for what was to come. <laughs> wearing an extra <laughs> layer, walking, which I around. didn't do enough of. Like literally after the trial. No tangent after the trials before Tokyo like it was like six weeks in in between like literally a month out from Tokyo I started heat training because we were just like we did not want the same thing that happened to happen in Tokyo and it actually did help but anyways um yeah so we knew it was going to be hot and then they moved the race it was supposed to be in the evening but they moved the race to 10 a.m so that hopefully it wasn't as hot but honestly it didn't help that much okay yeah because 10 a.m is it's not like it's like seven in the morning it's 10 a.m peaks on hours yeah (laughs) so so it's like yeah they should have done it honestly at like 8 a.m would have been great because it's before the sun comes up and stuff so yeah it was probably like 85 degrees in the air and on the track it like absorbs all the sun so it's like hotter um so yeah we were like everyone was wearing their ice vests and like I had frozen socks on my hands because that supposedly there's like a research article or something saying that like wrist and hand like temperature regulation yeah and then I like put ice cubes in my uniform before going out onto the track and so oh my gosh I'm just like imagining everyone trying to get ready for this and I'm just like looking around (laughs) and like seeing everyone like really finicky with their weird like everyone trying to keep cold that gives me anxiety just yeah. thinking about yeah, what like that looks like around their neck and stuff. yeah everyone's like yeah. soaking wet and just like, <laughs> whipping and ah <laughs> yeah that was fun <laughs> uh yeah so I mean I'm glad I did everything that I did because honestly like if I didn't I probably wouldn't have finished the race like I would just be like flat out on the track yeah I almost was and so yeah I mean it was just like it was a crazy race and like Emily Sisson just is incredible because she just took it like one mile in and just grinded the entire race out yeah she was just kind of leaving carnage <laughs> yeah, everyone was like why is she going so fast like she's gonna win like why is she hammering <laughs> yeah no but it was i mean she i think that was like the trials record or something wasn't yeah it? it was something insane i remember watching i was like jeez <laughs> uh, yeah so we were all just like we were kind of on a little train for a while and at some point the pace just kept on getting harder and even like after 5k I knew that I like wasn't okay like (laughs) where you want to be when you have 15 minutes more to go (laughs) yeah yeah so we're like we have a whole nother 5k to go and I knew that like I had heat exhaustion but like at that point I'm just so focused on making the Olympic team like I just have to be top three that I was like I'm just I kind of had tunnel vision and I like I honestly don't even remember the last eight laps of the race <laughs> like oh my gosh tanky yeah. runners you guys are built different I don't understand how you could do that yeah. if I had one thought of I have heat exhaustion I think I would have stepped off the track <laughs> yeah I mean but at that point I was just like 
I came to like make the team and yeah. like, what I was going to do. I yeah. If it's, I mean, if you visualize it like every day for however many months and years, it's like on the day, I guess you, you're not going to let anything stop you or yeah. at least you're going to be carried off the track before it happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was, and I mean, like, it was definitely so hard to like finish. I, the, I specifically remember like I was just past the 200 meters to go point and my legs started to buckle a little bit. And I was just like, all right, no, one no. leg after the other, <laughs> you have to finish. Uh, and I did and um, got third. So like made the team and I was obviously super happy, but at the same time, I was like so tired. <laughs> and so then I just like, I went straight to under the tunnel and they were putting cold towels on us and stuff. And I was definitely like, I knew I wasn't okay, but I was feeling better. And then then we went back out for interviews and we're like, like come come back out to the heat of the sun after you <laughs> yeah. just died for 30 yeah, exactly. minutes come on straight to the heat. like why can't you do it in the tunnel yeah actually i don't that would have been a good idea actually yeah. looking back. <laughs> but yeah so we like went for interviews don't remember whatever i said on that interview. <laughs> like, and then the, and then we had to do like you know the podium where they take pictures of us holding the american flag and then go for our victory lap or like high-fiving and I was like fine but I was tired obviously and like kind of heat exhausted but then when I I got to like almost the end of the victory lap and my family was there and I like stood to hug them and I was just standing there for a while and that's when like like if you read any article about heat exhaustion like exactly what you're not supposed to do is just stand and let your blood pool to your legs oh sweet <laughs> and that's what I did um and I, like my mom and brother are both like they're in occupational therapy so they're like medical you know trained professionals and they look in my eyes and they're like Allie like you should they call me Allie they're like you should go under the tunnel you're not okay <laughs> and so I do and like as I do that I realize that I'm like I'm going to lose consciousness if I like don't sit down <laughs> and so I like get under the tunnel and I find my way to like a chair and these people who are just supposed to be guarding the door or something are so confused by me because I'm just like <laughs> sorry I need to sit right here <laughs> yeah and so then they like get me help and stuff and I I managed to like remain conscious the whole time but I definitely was like unwell and then they they carted me I had like drank a bunch of water and then they carted me to the medical tent I was like, we're going over bumps and I just drank like so much water. <laughs> we got to the medical tent and I just like am vomiting. Oh no. Like, bumping up and down my stomach and stuff. And then they put me into an ice tub. And at this point, like my body is just so done with like temperature regulation that yeah, geez. like tub. let's throw you into a giant ice bath. <laughs> ah, that's something yeah. awful. Because then I, they take me out after I start shivering and then I'm hypothermic. Of course, if you're like going from one extreme to the other, yeah. they, I mean, I'm not a medical professional. Who yeah. to say yeah, I, mean, I think like, I think the idea is that like, it's more damaging to be like, to have heat exhaustion and to like, I don't know, you could like shut down your organs or something if you don't do something about it fast. And so I think they were trying to lower my temperature quickly, but then the problem was like, my body was just so done that I couldn't get warm again. It was like at the point when I was hypothermic that like I actually was like I could die right now. Like, Stop! Congrats to the Olympics, but you're also about to pass away. Yeah. Worth it. yeah, so that was it was scary, but then at the same time, like they got me help, and by the time the ambulance came, I was like fine, and I was up, and I was you know able to speak with people and stuff like that. And so they're like. 
carry me to this ambulance and I'm like I just made an Olympic team and I'm like yeah it's like so dramatic but then you're like I need help it's like how can you even celebrate at a time when you feel so awful like I made the Olympic team and I'm about to go to the like go in an ambulance yeah I love running yeah (laughs) love running so yeah that was in it yeah it's funny because like yeah, someone was like, uh, Alicia, so dramatic. Cause I'm like the least dramatic person ever. Like I'm always just super like mellow most of the time. And yeah. So be like the dramatic person who gets carted, carted off in the Olympic. You're not a frequenter to the medical tent. It doesn't seem yeah. like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was definitely like an interesting experience. Cause then they just held me in the hospital overnight, like doing tests just to make sure like, oh my gosh. So you were like in the, you were in the hospital. Yeah, I was like in the hospital overnight because they're like, well, we don't want you to like have done damage to your heart and then just send you out like running in Tokyo. Yeah. You know? So, but it was, you know, I was coming down fine and stuff like that. But it was just like, yeah, definitely not the usual like post trials I made. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's, that's like sad. I mean, it's like you want it because you want to be able to celebrate, obviously. Yeah. And part of you is excited, but then it's like, what's... <laughs> was this worth it like did I just seriously damage my body and then everyone else is out like getting nice dinner having drinks like I just made the Olympics and you're in the hospital hooked up to an IV yeah I got out of the hospital like the next day and had to go straight to team processing and I'm sure they just felt like so bad for me I probably looked so horrible oh my gosh (laughs) like (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't like come to you and they're like okay time to pee in a cup here we go we're drug testing you right now yeah yeah, no, I I actually am like they were we worked well with USADA and stuff like that because they didn't make me like go pee right afterwards or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's like honestly kind of surprising. I got a TUE and stuff like that to like help. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Cause that Jeez. was event. I definitely wouldn't like I straight up just wouldn't have peed because I was like so Yeah, of course. <laughs> They're depleted for sure. Jeez. Yeah. Well then what did you do to celebrate? <laughs> Well, I mean, the next day we, like, after I got out of the hospital, I had to go to team processing. And then afterwards, like, after Joe made his team, we kind of had, like, a little party afterwards. And uh, they had, like, a pair of the On Rogers. They're kind of, like, our street shoes. And he did a shoey, like, drinking champagne out of it. Oh! We went to the On House, and we did that and did a little toast. So definitely, like, I don't know. It was fun, but it, like, at that point, I just wanted to like go home and go to bed. Yeah, I was like, I just so, want to go to bed, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to get psyched up to race again. But yeah. then I feel like that would be pretty easy because you're like, I want to the Olympics. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was like, I didn't feel okay for like a week, probably. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know. I feel like we, it was probably a good thing that I like went to the hospital and just had to recover for the next day because if I wouldn't have done that I would probably be like so much worse off like I wouldn't have you know gotten rehydrated and stuff yeah yeah like honestly before the training before Tokyo once I got to Tokyo like 10 days before the race because the 10k was at the end and so I actually got in like quite good training beforehand which like having to take a week or two kind of down after the trials honestly helped me run farther into the end of the season with diamond leagues and stuff yeah well that's good just yeah. a little impromptu break not that you were expecting <laughs> oh, to you probably sit down yeah. <laughs> brief little intermission here from alicia and i's conversation to talk about one of my favorite podcast sponsors gooder 
Gooderm makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They are lightweight, comfortable, and don't move when you run. And they're all for only 25 bucks. They're no slip, no bounce, all polarized and all fun. The fact that they're all polarized is my favorite thing about the Gooder sunglasses. Seriously, the sun shines so brightly here in San Diego, so to have polarized sunglasses only for $25 is absolutely incredible. Some may say that they're the best sunglasses ever invented, and I definitely agree with that because I wear them every single day when I'm working out. They have really funny names like Don't Snake My Wave, and my favorite pair to wear is just these black ones. They're called The Future Is Void. I know you will find a pair that speaks to you. The thing I love about them most compared to other sunglasses is that their frames are snug and lightweight and they have a really comfortable fit and they don't bounce whether you're on a run, you're on a hike, or you're running errands on the go, or you're cycling like me. I hate uncomfortable sunglasses and I can wear Gooder sunglasses all day long without having any sort of discomfort. I absolutely love them. It's also the perfect gift for someone that is active or just someone that wants a good pair of sunglasses. Try them out and treat yourself to a pair too. You deserve it. Go to Gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com, and get 15% off your entire order when you use code COLDBREW at checkout. All orders over 50 bucks get free shipping in the U.S. as well. That is 15% off with code COLDBREW at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into my conversation with Alicia. How was uh, like the Olympic experience for you? Was it fun? It was cool. I mean, it was like, it was crazy to see like the different, all the different sports just and all the different countries you're walking in the Olympic village and there's just a bunch of different people speaking different languages around you, which is cool. Um, but I, the one thing that I missed was the spectators just yeah. showing up in the Olympic stadium. Like, I think it would be so cool if you're just in a stadium full of people cheering and instead the race was just like dead silent. <laughs> in for 10k too. That's just yeah. like, was so, there music playing? That, yeah. <laughs> that was like the, one thing that like I think I kind of missed about it but at the same time during the pandemic we had been doing all of our races without spectators anyway so like it didn't feel out of the ordinary it just wasn't what I would have expected out of the Olympics yeah I don't think anyone would really expect to go to the Olympics and not have one person sitting in the stands yeah but no it was good and it was like that was my first like really big experience on international racing so it's just cool to see just like how good people are and like what it takes to race on that top level and then I kind of got to keep on going with that like in the diamond leagues and keep racing those top people and kind of see like all right this is where I am at and this is like where I want to be next year in the year yeah so what were your main takeaways like what do you think that you could could have worked on I guess after that year I think part of it was just that like I need to just keep developing and I think I did a good job of doing that like this fall like I feel like I'm at a different level now than I was when I raced at the Olympics and hopefully I'll be at a different level next time. And um, so part of it was just like, yeah, like I wanted to put my head in it and race as well as I could, but I came off of the Olympics, like I got 13th, which is really great for a rookie, but I was just like, I know I can do better in the future. Like I just need to get better. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just need to get better. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that was, it was like kind of simple like that. Like I raced, I raced well, but I just like, yeah, I need to get better and coming up, like being able to race those diamond league races were really cool, especially when I raced the 5k in Brussels, because I did a good job of sticking with them, but then 800 to go, I just like my wheels fell off and I just kind of couldn't finish as fast as the yeah. other people did. And so coming off of that, I was like, okay, my goal for next year 
is to be, be able to put myself in a race like that, but be fit enough that I'm there with a lap to go and I see what happens. And maybe I get out kicked, maybe I don't, but like, I'm actually there. So that's yeah. the next goal. Yeah, I mean, that's some pretty good takeaways. But again, you just had, I feel like you had such a good rookie season. I mean, yeah. that's, I feel like it's the most ideal situation. If you feel like, I mean, you made it to the Olympics, you got some good takeaways and obviously you've already been implementing them. It seems like to yeah. be able to make the world team. Like that's very exciting. Yeah, no, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to like race, especially because indoors is just like a little bit smaller scale than outdoors for worlds because not as many people do it. And the fields just are literally smaller because not as many people fit on an indoor track. Like yeah. we have like two people from each country. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't know, an opportunity to like try to put yourself in the race and race well, just because there's fewer bodies around. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Do you like indoors or outdoors better? I mean, I feel like outdoors is more exciting just because that's what everyone kind of like works towards. Yeah. But I really like indoors because it's kind of louder actually. Like I really like crowd noise and like when you're in an indoor room and there's just fans that kind of on all sides, it's yeah. a lot more exciting and they can kind of see everything a lot more like on a, on a 400 track, you're not really cheering for people when they're like 200. Oh meters. yeah. You're definitely not screaming when someone's yeah. all the way at the other 200 mark. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I kind of like the atmosphere more indoors. Yeah. It definitely is louder. I feel like it's a lot more stressful. Like when you're racing, I don't know, maybe that's yeah. just me, but it's like, yeah. even like the footsteps on the ground are just so much louder that it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Difference, man. I haven't stepped, I haven't stepped on an indoor track in a while, but <laughs> no one wants to see me step on an indoor track right now. It'd be <laughs> really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Work up to it. <laughs> yeah working up to her yeah we're just a 5k indoors too well yeah. okay wait what is your favorite event because you you can do anything it seems like so yeah I don't know I'd say like 5k is my favorite but that could just be because I've like run the most 5ks in my life so I'm like most familiar with it just because like I've really only run a few like three competitive 10ks and every time I did I had to like put my soul on the line yeah so, yeah, I mean, I just like, yeah, I haven't really raced a 10K that has felt like comfortable. <laughs> like, Honestly, does any race really feel comfortable? The 5K, I feel like, does not feel comfortable either. No, I was talking yeah. to someone else. I was talking to Millie Palladino. Well, I, I was in a conversation with her and um, Nikki Hiltz, and we were talking, and Millie said that it was like her first 10k this past weekend and she ran really well yeah. and she's like I mean it was easier than a 5k because it is they're like it's easier because it's slower do you agree <laughs> with that or do you think yeah, that I don't know I disagree like I mean part of it could just be that I am just so inexperienced in the 10k that I'm just like really unfamiliar with how it should feel but I just like something changes in me every time I run a 10k that like you just you're four miles in and like Oof. you're so tired <laughs> and you have eight laps to go like literally I see eight laps to go and I'm like all right it's time to kick <laughs> like oh and in any other race like that's not where you kick from but it's just like this slow progression that like that's that's where your kick starts like you just keep ramping it up and that's where the race kind of starts and so even like at the Olympics I we we went out I don't even I can't remember how fast we went out I feel like it was the leaders must have gone through in like 1515 so I must have gone through in like 1520 which is which at the time especially when it was that hot was like yeah that's so, so fast that my, my face this whole time was like this ability oh <laughs> yeah and so then at that point I was just like 
I was like reverse racing. I was like, I just have to at least keep contact with people until like a mile to go and then I can just finish. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you runners. You guys are insane. I'm telling you, yeah. I don't know how you do it. It's <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't get the mental side of it. I don't know how you can stay in it for that long. I can really do an easy run for six miles. The thought of going around a track and sprinting all out for six miles makes me want to throw up. Yeah. I could barely finish a mile, like a mile <laughs> compared to a 1500. I'm like, that's too many, too many yeah. meters. No, like, I agree with you. That's why I think like I naturally like feel more towards the 5k just because the 10k is like honestly ridiculous but yeah I just did well at it last year so that's uh, well, every 10k runners origin <laughs> story is doing well once and they're like sentence for life <laughs> sentence for life yeah. at least cranny like she used to be a miler look at her now yeah almost running the American record right. she's like right. I don't, don't want to do the 10k the American record yeah yeah but then also I'm like how do you do that if you were a miler how do you just like transition into a 10k yeah it's insane her story is cool just because she was like a high school phenom and then yeah she like kind of came back and is doing so well now so yeah yeah I talked to her like two weeks ago it was very cool I mean this was before obviously she ran that crazy time but then she had just broken the American indoor record (laughs) it has been very cool I mean I raced against her in college a bit and it's just been cool to see her Mm -hmm progression and everything honestly that's why I love talking to people like you like just different people that are my age ish that mm-hmm. I like I don't know grew up seeing winning or people yeah. that were even on my team like just doing so well it's like very interesting to just see people's experience yeah for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, okay. I don't want to keep you on for too long, but we do have some good listener questions from, from some people. So we can get into that. So someone, they must've been on your team or something because they asked to tell the story about bat attacks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, actually. So I lived in this call. I lived in a call, like a classic college house, like this. Okay. It's in the 1930s. It's sinking into its foundation. Like, um and we had like a bat problem and it got the worst was actually like during the height of the pandemic good so when everyone's home (laughs) we're stuck inside and uh and like it's it's actually pretty common for houses in madison to have bats in them because i've never seen a bat in my life i don't think i don't even know what they would look like yeah there's a lot of them in, in wisconsin I don't know why, but specifically in Madison, there's like laws about you can't like, you can't like do something to bats or like remove them from your house or something certain months of the year. You just have to sign them to the lease and add them as roommates or something like (laughs) there are roommates. And so, but like the way you can deal with them is like put in this one specific like thing where 
they can get out, but then it closes so they can't get back in. We didn't have that at first before we knew we had the bat problem. And I'm just like, at one point I came back home, I was alone. Some of my roommates were like back with their families. My other roommate was at a friend's house. And all of a sudden, like I had had bats in my house growing up. And so I like, no, I know when I see one. You know and what, like, you know that it's Yeah, bad. it's like, there's like a flutter <laughs> back then. And so I like knew that a bat went by and I like freaked out. And then I like came by again and like shut myself into the bathroom. And I was like terrified. And then my friend, came, I called my friend and I made her come back. And then she brought a couple of the guys from the team to help. And we were like, the manly men, <laughs> the cross country men of Wisconsin. <laughs> Don't get these we bats had, out. We're over here with like, I don't know, these winter gloves on our hands and like blankets over ourselves, like trying to deal with this bat. And then we like, I think we got it to go out of the house, but it must have gotten back in at some point because then it's like after I signed with On. We were meeting our team for the first time, like on an OAC Zoom call. And all of a sudden, a bat <laughs> flies behind my head. Like, like, please disregard. I just go like that behind me. And I, like, run outside the house. And I just, like, I'm, like, meanwhile, I'm just like, <laughs> it's like. Like, trying I'm, to act cool on the Zoom call. You're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, Steve, our marketing guy, said it looked like Blair Witch Project. Me just, like, kind of screaming like that. <laughs> The camera's going all over the place and I'm like going back out to the porch. So yeah, I think we like got some people to come help to deal with them after that. Please. What do bats do? Do they suck blood or is that a vampire no, story? I think they just like eat mosquitoes, honestly. Oh. But they also like have rabies. Like oh. we've had some people on our team have to get like rabies shots after like coming in contact. One person like, notes when I go that. to Wisconsin, get rabies shot before. <laughs> yeah okay so yeah watch out for bats <laughs> okay good to know um what's your favorite on shoe oh I mean okay well my favorite on shoe is gonna hit the market quite soon actually they're releasing it and I've really liked running in it um I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about that top but, secret um I think really soon I like did a did a zoom call recently with people so I think it's coming out really soon and it's like a great shoe for like high mileage training, especially I wear it for like a lot of long runs and stuff and it's soft and really responsive. So I really like that. But then also um, like the flyer is one that's currently that has been on the market for a while that I love just for like going for regular runs and stuff. But yeah, my favorite shoe coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping people on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't know anything about on shoes at all. I've never, I think it's probably one of the only shoe brands I've never tried, but it's oh, like yeah. popping off now. I need to go get myself some at like the store. Nice. Next time I need running shoes, I'm going to go buy some. Yeah. Because Super. I've heard good things. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard anyone be like, I don't like on shoes. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like, cause I, before I, like March of 2020, never heard of on before. Yeah. Because I feel like they didn't really have that big of a U.S. presence. Yeah. But yeah. now they're storming into the United yeah. States. They've done a big push with and it's been cool to see. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, Carmel asked, what is up with the whole losing things? Oh yeah, I'm really bad at like like I lose things everywhere. <laughs> everywhere I go. Like it's just my thing of like they just have my like days in like, the team. I forgot something like, like you need to go. Oh, well, I just leave things places like 
I'll go to the gym and I'll like walk out without my keys or something like for as long as I can remember. It's a personality trait. It, it literally is. I just can't help it. I just am so bad at keeping track of like everything that I need. And like my mind just goes elsewhere. That is just like, I just leave things behind. <laughs> hopefully most of the time things come back. I've left my, I've left my laptop in like the Detroit airport before. Can't this laptop that I'm doing a zoom call on came back, came to, back to you. So <laughs> geez, a laptop. I feel like I'm like hyper aware going through TSA or anything. Yeah. I'm like, Gotta make sure everything I double check five times. Yeah, I'd be, (laughs) I'd be worried. Yeah. Well, what do you like to do for fun? We talked so much about running on this podcast, but do you have any hobbies? Yeah, I mean, I I hang out with my dog a lot. Okay, what kind? He is a rescue, so he's a major mutt. We like. Actually, is he? I don't know where he is right now. Um, you lost him too. find his way back yeah Um, he he's like we got a dna test for him actually he he's border like 15 to 20 percent of like border collie cattle dog corgi and like two terriers like he's and uh so he looks like a border collie or cattle dog but like in a corgi body like his okay he's really short he's got these short stubby legs and like just a weirdly long torso like Carmela's new roommate actually just met Bert for the first time and she's like he looks like he should be a big dog but his legs just never grew (laughs) which is like that's like that is accurate oh that's cute yeah he's fun do you can you run with him or no I actually no I took him I had like a double the other day after a workout and I so it was just like three miles I was gonna take him as far as I could and we got like half a mile out and he was just like he's just not motivated he yeah it's always it seems like a good idea in your head and then you take him and then they want to exactly yeah like he just like he isn't interested in just going for a run and so then I had to like coerce him into going because um Emily who was on the team last year she still lives like 400 meters away from me and so and she has a dog named Chloe and he loves Chloe and it's like Bert, do you want to go see Chloe? And he's like, he's so excited. Bert and Chloe. (laughs) And so he just starts sprinting. Like we sprint to Emily's place. And then he like sits at the door expectantly. And they're not there. Oh. (laughs) He's so sad. But we, so at any rate, 801, one mile, called it a day. And then I continued on my run. Okay. That's pretty good. That's a good clip. There we go. Not too bad. Yeah. Part like of a run. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I mean, you have to stop. They have to poo. You have to pick up the poo. It just comes this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> do you do anything else for fun or just the dog? I mean, dog spends like dog spends a lot of my time. Yeah. The rest of my time is like, you know, I run, I nap, I run again. Yeah. Like a typical of- professional runner run. life. Yeah, yeah, honestly, but I mean, we like I'm, we're having bachelor night tonight, so I'll probably like make a charcuterie board. Okay, you no, know, watch watch the Bachelor, see what's going on with. I think it's either Fantasy Suites or Women Tall tonight. I'm not sure which one it is. Yeah, I've been what seeing was- stuff on TikTok. I have not watched the Bachelor since I don't even remember the last season. Pilot Pete. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, I mean, just yeah, hanging out with teammates and stuff. Yeah. I started crocheting during training camp, actually. 
Okay, look at this right here. I talked about it with Elise too. I started knitting again. Oh, wow, nice. Just a knitter. So scarf or something? What is that? Yeah, it's a scarf. I, I used to knit a lot in my younger age at swim meets. Yeah. So I haven't knitted in a while. So I was like, let's let's just pull yeah. out the scarf because that's the only thing I know how to knit. But yeah, I'm actually I also don't wear scarves and I live story. in San Diego, so I don't know why I ever <laughs> yeah, need true. this. But something, yeah, good idea. I feel like it's a very standard, like running um, hobby to have. It's very yeah. good. It doesn't require any sort of uh, physical, yeah, movement. It complements running well. Yeah, like going to play basketball or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, I need a hobby that's not exercise. Because it's like I already exercise enough. I need something that I can do that's not watching TV. Yeah, and knitting was. Yeah. The one I decided on, so we'll see <laughs> if I even ever finish that scarf, to be honest. I know, yeah, I'm like halfway through a vest, like a tank top <laughs> right now, and I still haven't finished it. My yarn's just all tangled, and it's like, what's the point? <laughs> well, it's like you get on a roll, and then you like keep, you you set it aside for a couple of days, you're like, I'm kind of burnt out. And then you set yeah. it aside for a couple of days, and you keep looking at it, and you're like, I should really finish that. Yeah. And then just becomes more and more intimidating. So I need to, I need to like get back to it, but can't rush it. This is like the second podcast I talk about knitting. I'm like, who cares about knitting? <laughs> we'll come to this podcast for running and jokes. Okay, a couple more questions. Okay, so you studied dietetics. I saw that somewhere. Yeah. Um, what is your biggest advice for fueling as an athlete? I mean, honestly, most of it for athletes is just fuel enough. Like yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, having a dietetics background was interesting because like people like think I know a ton about like I do know a lot about sports fueling like because I experienced it but dietetics you learn about like how to help people with diabetes and how to help people in a hospital and Mm. stuff like that so it's like the only time I actually learned about athletics was like doing internships with the athletics sports dietitian department and like taking one course but at the end of the day it's like fueling enough and like learning what your body needs and trying to get the most out of your nutrients I think it's really important like a lot of people take a ton of supplements but honestly at the end of the day like just eat good food like Mm -hmm. so yeah kind of like I feel like having that dietetics background helped me learn like to not fall prey to like the supplement industry that is so big in sports and just to be like all right what do I need to fuel my body and just like food first and just you know, if you're hungry, eat. If you're not hungry, like you don't like it's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So I'd say like a lot of people just probably don't fuel enough. Yeah. So are you a registered dietitian or do you, do you need to go to more school for that? Yeah, no. So I would have needed to do like a year long internship and then mm-hmm. sit for an exam, but instead I just graduated and continued running. So like in the future, I'll probably if I do decide to go back to dietetics, like I'll probably get a little bit more schooling and then do an internship and sit for an exam. So yeah, it actually like takes a lot to yeah. register a dietitian, which is, yeah. 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 I know quite a few people, not quite a few. I've known some people that have gone through the process and it's a lot of schooling. Like that's why it's crazy. Like just to see people on the internet, like spewing all this information and no one's actually a registered dietitian. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely important to like, yeah, see, see professionals. And like, yeah. I can say as much as I want about like what I learned, but the, at the end of the day, like I have no credentials to show for that. Yeah. And most <laughs> people don't that are spewing stuff on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two more questions. What is the most rewarding aspect of running for you? Um, I'd say just like 
everything that my life has become because of it is kind of crazy. Like I would not be living in Colorado right now uh, if it weren't for running. And like, I probably wouldn't have gone to the specific school that I went to, like Wisconsin, Madison is a great school. And maybe I wouldn't have gone there if it weren't for running. And so like all of my friends, like I met my boyfriend on the team. Um, so I'd say like, yeah, just the re most rewarding part is just like how much it's changed my life. And like, it's really weird. Like, yeah, what would I be doing like at the same time if I hadn't started it? Um, so yeah, I think it's just really cool to see everyone you meet and like get to travel around the world doing it and around the country. So yeah, yeah. That's a good answer. It is crazy to think about. It's like, what if I didn't do this? When you think yeah. about different aspects of your life, like, what would I be doing if I didn't run in college? Like, what would my life have been like? Yeah. It's kind of wild to think about. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The last question I have for you. Do you have any advice for your younger self? Ooh. I'd say just to, like, enjoy it. Because I think even, like, as I continued progressing through, like, the levels of running, like, to college and then pro, I've almost gotten, although I've like, I've gotten more serious about it, obviously, because it's my profession, but I take myself a lot less seriously. Like, I think in high school, I was so like, you know, I had to do these specific things and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I do now because I've learned like, yeah, like what's the point if you're not enjoying it? So I think just taking yourself less seriously and like being able to look at it from a bigger view of being like, all right, I'm literally just running around a track and people are watching me and like <laughs> why yeah I'm literally but, moving my legs around a circle and going yeah. nowhere but like we love to do it and people love to see it and it's really fun so just like kind of taking things into perspective being like there are so many other things going on in the world that like this is what I get to do it's kind of crazy <laughs> yeah that is really good advice and especially like just being younger and being in high school too I feel like then is the time. It's like, you should really enjoy it at that time. Cause there's not yeah. that much. I mean, there is pressure obviously with college stuff, but like in the yeah. grand scheme of things, it's just high school running, you know? It's only going to get harder. So it's only going to get harder. So enjoy <laughs> it. And like, maybe like, I don't know, yeah. just go with, jump on a trampoline one day instead of going for yeah. a run, you know, it's yeah. not going to kill exactly. you. I feel like everything is just getting way more intense though in high school. So it probably is just a lot different I than when I was in yeah, school. Yeah, it's kind of insane whatever, like, I would be so far behind if I was in high school. <laughs> I see girls breaking 10 minutes every day in the 32 yeah. and I'm like, huh? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's like, that was like unheard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, even the guys, I'm like, what do you guys do? What's the training going on? I'm so people confused. running like sub four minute miles and stuff now in high school. It's crazy. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm not in high school and I'm a washed up runner because I can't <laughs> hang anymore. <laughs> yeah glad that's behind us yeah um okay well thank you for joining me I feel like I learned a lot about you and it was a good <laughs> conversation where can people follow you at follow your journey see what you're uh, posting yeah so I'm mostly active like on Instagram my Instagram is months and Alicia um and then yeah just we've got some things coming with the OAC so stay tuned for that hopefully oh um, and um yeah I'm a little bit active on Twitter but like mostly Instagram my stories are usually like of my dog or something <laughs> and then I post about like important races so um if you guys have like things that you want to see other than my dog let me know but that's usually what happens is my dog you know my workouts maybe a snack here and there that literally reminds me of Carissa like Carissa yes. just living with her I'm like 
<laughs> she just posts her cats, <laughs> her workouts, her races, and then sometimes some like pancakes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. so like runner. This is so <laughs> That's runner. pretty classic. Yeah. It's no, so but yeah, I really like hearing like hearing from people and stuff like that. And well, you can start a podcast. I mean, your guy teammates. Yeah. <laughs> True. Actually, the boys actually on the on the team have the podcast right now, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I could like handle the commitment. Honestly, it is a commitment. Let me tell you, it's a lot. Yeah, I think I kind of underestimated starting a podcast. I was like, oh yeah, like, I can talk for an hour every week. <laughs> but the stuff that goes into it, I mean, like it's yeah, it's and you have to do like editing and then contact people and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, sending DMs, being like, can you please come on? <laughs> like just cold i'm basically cold call people i'm like hey uh you may know me you probably don't but want to come on and talk for an hour and waste your time honestly not a bad gig yeah honestly a lot of people say yes so we're we're killing it including you so thank you all right to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas peace out fellas Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was so fun getting to know Alicia a little bit better. I just love talking to people that I watched, you know, in college, after college, just really do well. And I love hearing how they came to be like this incredible runner and just getting to another personality. I feel like that's one of my favorite things about the sport and about this podcast, just getting to know people's personality a little bit better. So it was great talking to her. Go give her a follow and make sure to cheer for her in the world championships coming up here soon. So don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and also follow our Instagram at Combos Over Cold Brew Pod to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Thank you all so much for listening and I will hear from you all next week. Peace out, fellas. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.